the issue is I wasn't okay with not knowing. I, I still don't know. It's not that I know now, but I'm more okay with not knowing. And I think that's the biggest difference is now I know a lot more than back then relatively, but I, I also have a better feeling of I have still no clue what's going on. To what extent can you maximize your output? And how much in poker is fate? What can you learn from poker when it comes to making decisions? And why is it better to focus on the things you can influence? In this episode, I'm talking to Fida Holtz, who in his mid-twenties as a professional tournament poker player has won more than 30 million. We talk about taking risks, seeing the opponent, money versus self-worth, the joy of the game, but also about rejection and vulnerability. This podcast brings you stories from and about people who stepped into the unknown. Stories about fear, uncertainty, the illusion of security or, I don't know, let's see what it will be about. My name is Katarina Bayer and I will host you on this journey into the unknown. at what Norton once said that um, life like poker has an element of risk how much is the unknown and risk important for you in your life I'll take a moment to pause here mm. because the first thought that came to my mind was I'm not even sure how much I consciously think about that I don't have that thought often it's like hey I need risk or or it's relevant it's for me it's just more a description of what is there in any way so i don't think i can say oh i want less risk or more risk it's just it's just there and um yeah it's i, I would say um in the things i'm doing i when i'm curious and when i do the things that i enjoy the most then it's very turbulent and there's lots of stuff coming up and, and I never really know what's happening. So from the outside, it looks like, oh, it's very risky and then exploring new stuff. So yeah, I would say my life is more on the riskier side if you want to give it that label. Were you always that like curious and just tried out things? Yeah, definitely. I love trying out new things. And as a child, I, I think my, I was always in my head. So not... In the beginning, not so much not being present, but more just imagining things and and everything I saw, I, I felt seeing on a different layer as well. So when I saw a person, I saw colors and and, and um, lots of shapes. Um, I was really good at math in the beginning because it was so easy for me to visualize ma um, shapes. So when I when it was about numbers, I didn't see a number. It was more about shapes being added up together and so that was very intuitive for me and um, so this imaginatory or imaginative um, part that's always been a very active part in me so now I have less access to that which is kind of sad like it's it's a thing that, I, that really bothers me or that or that I'm really working with um, that I subdued this part of me is this this colorful like shape thinking I, I just don't have that much anymore well it's quite interesting because when I look at your life and all the community work or the businesses you do I would imagine it's a very creative process mm. yeah I think there's a this is this is very personal because my I didn't really consider myself a very creative person I didn't really play an instrument I wasn't ever really good at arts or drew much I all these things I considered in the creative area of life I never really did or excelled at and so the feedback from people around me was okay just not 
not a very creative person, more a numbers guy and more analytical. And actually now I'm exploring, the, especially the last years is, hey, wait a second. No, I, I love being creative. And I think now is one of the first times in my life where I actually from zero, but I start doing things that um, are very creative and I feel super creative, even though I'm not that good in the beginning, but it's, it, I think it's exactly my natu nature or, or natural habitat. And um, yeah, I'm exploring that now. So as we already uh, dived into your personal life a bit, there are really a few people out there who don't know you. I don't know why, but there are still people. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of people there, who don't know me. Who don't know you. Um, how would you like to be introduced? Mm. I actually don't know. I don't know how I want to be introduced. Mostly, I, I feel... Um, The most resonating it's when people describe their personal experience with me and and what they experience, what they value. That's that's what I enjoy the most. And when it's more in that layer that is superficial and just describing achievements or what I've done, I'm I I see that and I can I can repeat that, but I I feel no emotional connection with that. So yeah, each each description being personal and, and different that's probably what i what i like the most when everyone is describing their own experience with me you know what the first word is that comes to my mind when i i see you you're i think the calmest person i've ever really? met yeah you sit there like you always sit there hmm. yeah may, maybe um would you I describe yourself as calm i don't know i don't think i would I don't think I would. And I, I would actually like to ask people around me if they would consider me calm. Yeah, I think, I think definitely more on the calm side, for sure. Um, I'm pretty, I would say it's, it's um, very controlled in some sense too. Because there's also a part of me that is um, crazy and, and very different, I think, also. There's this part that I'm just... I think I think my th certain thought patterns are also just uh, some that I don't recognize in many others, and it's just a very very weird way of thinking. Um, so you would never introduce yourself as this famous poker person. Uh, I do it. I do it regularly, um, but it's not something that I am super. That I'm stuck with, like it's it's not. I say that, and hey, I'm this famous poker player, or I achieve that, and I mostly do that to give people context to understand where what my background is. But I, I would be fine to just say hey, I'm Fedor. That would be, but then, then I don't really know what's what's going what's on. What's next? So. so when we come to poker, only 10% of the people who start with poker earn more money than they spend. Why did you start something with such a bad uh, return of investment? <laughs> it's not necessarily bad return on investment. It's just a lot of people who don't win at it. Um, I, think, I think that's a great point to start because it's, I think it always depends on how you look at things, right? You can look at it from, hey, let's say from the perspective of money. So only 10% of people make money, but how many people have fun playing it? And I think that's like how many people make money with playing golf or with uh, like any other sport. And it's probably, you know, it's 0.0001%. Most people just buy their equipment and, uh, and that's it and never make money with it. I think the, the part and, and the, prejudice or in some way about poker around this hey it's about money and there's a lot of people losing their money and it's i think way too often it's it's not looked at in that context of hey it's just fun and it's it's um, something where you can learn a lot about your emotions about um taking risks and making decisions and um, also reading other people and i think there's so many aspects of it that are super interesting and and that's the part where i loved it and and, and still really enjoy it And not the part of, hey, I, that's a means to make money. Because there's probably hundreds, thousands of ways to, to make money. But I did play poker and like to play poker because of the, the different facets of the game. But when we stay with this money thing, <laughs> I think if I recall it right, like um, 
20% of your games you won and 80% you <laughs> lost, but you said once you just had to win the right 20%. Was it the Pareto principle? Um, it's more the, in that context, I mean it that in the, turn, the, the, the type of poker I played, which is tournaments, it's in a way where um, 10% of the people get money back basically so uh, there's 100 people starting and then there's 10 of these 100 win money and the 10th gets maybe twice his money back but the first wins 50 times the money so oftentimes you just bust early and you, you go out of the tournament you don't get anything back you finish 85th or 50th or 35th and that time these times when you're losing, that's 80, 85% of the uh, experience because most often you don't win. But then when you win, it's, you know, 10 times as, as much. And that's what I mean by that is most of my days are losing days. But when I win, I win a lot more than I lose. And so this, this is very emotionally stressful. It's very... Um, You, you constantly lose. It's constantly this experience. When you look at it through this, through this lens and you just focus on the result and just focus on the money, then 70, 80% of your experiences will be that feeling of your day's finished and you will feel like, hey, I lost. And then 20% will be, hey, I won, but I won six times as much. And, and that is really a very unpleasant uh, cycle because... These winning five times as much is really not five times, you're not five times as happy. You're maybe uh, 1.5 times as happy and then suddenly you realize, wow, I'm actually more sad and frustrated and depressed than I am happy. And it's just a very, um, yeah, very depressing environment to be in. So, so I needed to change that perspective. A lot of people would say that, you know, getting a refusal or a no is not something that they like but did you learn this from poker that so many times that you lost that as an entrepreneur it it helped you to just get up again yeah i think there's a big difference between being refused and and losing so i think it depends on how much how much you feel control over the outcome and how much you're trying to control and and i think this level of helplessness plays a big part in it so there are certain things you can have an impact on. And I believe that the relevant part is to focus on the things that you can influence or, or where you can change something. Whereas I cannot change the environment of the game. I cannot change poker itself um, unless I go somewhere else and I do something else. Like that's, that's possible. But in that, I think the, the thing that gave me the most calmness was to just accept like hey that's the game it doesn't matter like i cannot like it doesn't make sense to focus on the result too much it just makes sense to focus on the process do i enjoy it do i learn something um how do i like the decisions i made can i improve something there and that moment then turns these uh 80 20 into 2080 where most of my experiences were pleasant it's like hey i'm learning something and i'm having fun playing and it's i do it with people i like and i can travel the world and there's so many aspects about it where i realize then wow actually this is pretty awesome and and if i don't like it i can always go somewhere else and do something else but when you said you cannot like control poker itself how much of poker is pure logic and strategy and how much is this fate It's hard to describe. I always try to give the example, like give a practical example where if we would play now and we play a day, I would win maybe 70, 80% of the time. And if we would play a week, I would win 99% of the time. And if we play a month, I win 100% of the time. So it's this, this matter of time or a sample size, we call it, plays a big role. And, and so strategy is just that or, or the skill you have is just that factor that decides how fast does it go so does it the, the variance to even out and you to realize your your advantage does it take a day a week a month a year that's that's the difference basically so there is no fate um in the sense of of variance there it is so i had stretches in my career where over nine months i was losing money and i was probably a big winner in um, it was actually in the time where I would say I was probably one of the best, if not the best. And 
um, I was just constantly losing. I mean, I had times where I was winning, but just monetary, I I lost about half of my net worth in, in that time frame, and it was very it was very tough. I was struggling a lot with that. And then there are times where in three months I won every tournament that that was out there. So it's just like the, there's this balance between you can and I was probably a similar skilled player. So so yeah, I think that's what I would describe. The variance can be can be brutal, can be pretty pretty big. So when you're playing, I guess you have to take decisions every millisecond. What did you learn from poker when it comes to taking decisions? Uh, yeah, I give speeches about that now where that's the question a lot of people ask. And I think a lot of it is not very easy to construe consciously and say, oh, that's exactly what happens or these are the things I'm doing. I believe with basically anything, it's the practice. So I think the things I practice the most with poker, it's the practice of losing. I just lost a lot more than I, and it's not losing itself. It's going through that emotion of feeling like you lost. I think that's a very important part because a lot of people don't do that in their, in their life. They're, they have emotions around losing maybe a couple times a year as you lose a pet or maybe it feels like a relationship breakup feels like losing something or a job or I don't know, something happened, like, or your health, like something happens. Um, but in poker, it's literally, you're confronted with that emotion on a daily basis, like multiple times a day sometimes. And so it, it gets to a degree, to an intensity where you have two choices. Either you learn to deal with it or you know it's going gonna, it's gonna to break you. So you either, you either adapt and you grow and you, you realize like, hey, actually, that's not, it's not that bad. It's it's that feeling of losing something right now it's just it's just a conception just a construction in my mind why is it so relevant if i win money or lose money like it doesn't matter it changes nothing but there's there was something so strong in my mind saying that my self-worth as a person is connected to that high score there to how much money i made to how successful i am and so each of these experiences when i lost something it felt like i could feel my self-worth decreasing at the same time and that's painful and so I had to disconnect and had to disconnect that that belief and just say no, my self worth is actually absolutely um, independent from how much money I have and, and how successful I am and and that process is very very interesting, very painful, also and absolutely unbelievably rewarding. It's it's super beautiful to feel how. I can do something just for the sake of what it is, which is, hey, I, I play this because it's fun and not because I, I need to do something with it or, or to achieve something or to go somewhere to, to achieve a goal. And for me, it's just, I play it because it's stimulating, it's fun, I can, I can solve a puzzle. It's also com like competing with others and learning something in the process. And that's, that's about all that it is for me. As you mentioned already, then losing can be connected to your self-worth. Oh, yeah. Do I, do I uh, recall it correct that in, I don't know, in one interview you said that it was part of you starting to play poker because your self-esteem is so low? Is this correct or you never said this? No, I don't think I said that. But um, I mean, it definitely was low at that time. So it, it, wasn't, <laughs> a, it wasn't absolutely off. Um, I... I, when I started playing poker, I was very disorientated and I didn't really know. I, I felt very much pressure. I felt a lot of pressure to know stuff and to know who I am, what I want to do, what all this means. And I had no clue and I wasn't okay. Like The, the issue is I wasn't okay with not knowing. I still don't know. It's not that I know now, but I'm more okay with not knowing. And I think that's the biggest difference is now I know a lot more than back then relatively, but I, I also have a better feeling of I have still no clue what's going on. And that, accept, that acceptance, um, to get to a level where at least I can acknowledge it and be fine with it, that took me a lot of time. And, and back then, I couldn't really go anywhere because whenever I started something, I had the expectation to immediately know. And so through that, anything I started was just meant to fail because, hey, I, I can't, there's nothing that I could have done that, that would have given me that feeling. And so I needed to make that experience, I think, to go through that pain and, 
and go through this phase where I just didn't do anything to then figure out like, hey, okay, maybe I just do a thing that, you know, is kind of fun. And that was poker at the time. And then I did that and I woke up and I was like, okay, let me do the thing that I think is kind of fun. And I did that for um, 10 days and then a hundred and then a thousand. And then I don't know, I, I apparently was a professional poker player. It, it is really interesting what you said that um, now you're more fine with the fact that you don't know. Because even that I want to talk about this on the podcast and even I read so many things, I still feel like sometimes I'm pressuring things and want to guarantee for a good outcome. And then you fail all the time. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think there's no, no escape in that sense. I, I think we always will. And there's, I think that part will not dissolve or, or change substantially because it's the way we're wired. It's, it's, you, I think you cannot unlearn everything you've learned your entire life, all the things you've seen. I don't think we've ever seen in our life someone behaving in a way where you're not expecting. So we don't even know what to emulate. We don't even know how that would look. How does it look to not expect something or not, um, not want something? I, I don't know how it looks. But I, I think this is the part of not knowing we don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, isn't it crazy? We just don't know. <laughs> but it's, we, I think we overestimate ourselves heavily that we believe we still have a grasp of something that we can maybe theoretically understand um, or believe we, we theoretically understand it or can imagine it, but we've never even remotely experienced it. And I think our brain is filling a gap there that I think is so like so far away from how it actually looks when it materializes that um, because we just abstract from what we've seen and it's not anywhere close to what we've seen. So in that sense, I believe uh, I don't know how it looks and, and I don't know how it feels. I have to tell you that I've never played poker in my life and I think I will never. Uh, I'm just not the gambling person and I always want to win. I guess this is the thing. But um, I watch poker plays uh, of yours and I, of course, unmuted them. But what was really fascinating for me was that you almost don't move. Like it was, this was so fascinating. Like, I think it changed over the years, but at the beginning I saw a little yeah. boy, sorry to say that, but no I saw worries. a little, boy, a little boy, boy who who just didn't make any movements. And then sometimes you just looked at your opponent and you could see that they don't know what to do with you. They wanted to get you to do any mimical expression. Um Was this on purpose? Like, did you want to provoke fear in them? Was this that your strategy? Yeah, it was very much on purpose. I'll explain what I did. And then I want to tie that into a bigger picture because I don't do it anymore. And I think the reason why I don't is also very important. So basically, my main goal was there's this environment and it's, it's, it's designed so it's it's there there are you can look at it and whatever you think of it it's there so the game is designed it's their rules and and also there's an, an environment that evolves around the game so the the tournaments that are there the the poker sites online the circuits so the festivals basically the tournaments they organize live and i didn't really question anything beyond that environment i was just going into it and trying to maximize anything out of it. I wasn't even questioning what that means or, or what the implications are. I was just, okay, there is a certain high score, which in that case is how much money you make. And I'm just going to maximize that high score to the absolute. I can like, I'll try to think of anything I can to, to maximize that. And then there were some um, boundaries where I say, okay, obviously morally there are certain things I don't want to cross. I don't want to steal. I don't want like in, in that sense, there was a boundary. Um, but in the realm of what was allowed in the game, I, I would try to maximize everything. And, and I did that and I put a lot of time into that and it's endless. You could do anything from, um, from my health to what I ate to how I meditated to how I prepared to how I got focused to working on my emotional side of things to working on strategy to um, to traveling to all the places flying to a hundred different places a year and just playing all the biggest like 
it was basically you could extend that to an unlimited amount of stuff to look at and yeah i i think in that part i'm very good if there is unlimited stuff to look at and to then see okay what's the next best thing with that very clear kpi that very clear goal in mind to say okay i just maximize for that and i realized it's not life is not this it's not limited to that it's not that fixed environment it's not everything that and it has a lot of implications on other things it it makes me feel a certain way and so the more in the beginning i started just with a passion for learning and and hey that's fun to play against friends and learn something and and compete and ah interesting in the strategy of of the game and then that turned into a more organized pretty capitalistically driven um yeah one man show kind of organization or company and i realized that there are certain things if i optimize that in that sense in that environment i will sacrifice my personal joy and in, in the learning process as well i at some point i ended up in 2015 and 16 it's just i'm playing 40 50 hours a week i'm traveling 10 months a year i'm mostly in places i don't really want to be in and i'm not really learning much because i'm just basically replicating what i already know and try to maximize the money i'm making and that just means i'm sitting in china and vegas uh, all the time and play against businessmen um in environments that i don't want to be in and so that shift from doing something i really enjoy turned into i'm kind of forcing myself and slaving myself into something that i actually don't enjoy much and that was a very very important experience for me to realize that there is first of all this is all, any designed environment is always tied into that bigger it's it, you cannot just re, like just take it out and say oh i just focus on that no it's always tied into the the bigger unlimited complexity of life and even though i wanted that it would have been so nice to just have this understandable environment that i can just out out game and and score um but that's not how it worked for me and so that was a very very important experience for me to then be able to say how oh, actually i don't want to i don't want to do it that way and i that might just mean i don't want to be in this environment but that would mean you used you used um fear and your your body expressions because it was a way to score better yeah Oh yeah, I was. I, people make worse decisions when they're scared, and so I just tried to distill as much fear as I could. So, did you take any body language classes for that? No, but um, I think playing thousands of hours of live poker are is the best experience. I mean, I'm I'm someone. I don't think I do. I don't do stuff to just do it. I I do it, and I always create environments where I learn something for myself. So for me, it's I look, I just watch, I observe, and I. I see and I, and I see the outcome and I see how you played your hand and then I connect that and I've done that thousands of hours so I think I I'm very good at understanding when certain like first of all at the feeling the sense in the first part I, I think I'm sensitive to that but then the more important part in, in poker is the context right because it's one thing to feel oh something is off some something But is it because you have a weak hand or is it because you have a strong hand? So interpreting these emotions into are you scared? Are you scared of me calling? Are you scared? What are you scared of to, to, to identify that? I think that just takes a lot of practice to understand each personality type and how they behave and people. And then it really goes into the details. I mean, if I could name some things now, it's literally from I see you and it's your age it's i i know a lot about of watches like it's one specific example i i learned um how expensive watches are because it gives a lot away about how you care about um the tournament you're playing is if you have a very expensive watch it's way more likely that the money you're risking in this tournament means a bit less to you mm, from your age group from where you come from what nationality you are cultural heritage is so big like if you're asian or or south american um, huge differences in how they approach. Some there's pride um, plays a big role. In some countries, that's not so relevant. 
where to how you check, stack your chips. Like if they're more closely together, you're more conservative. If they're more closer to you, you're probably less likely to give them away loosely to how often you blink, where your eyes move, the red red of your skin, your pulse, um, your micro expressions around your mouth. I feel like, already observed. Now. <laughs> it's, it's just it's just a thing when you really dive into it, there is an endless possibility of what you can look for yeah. to get information from someone. You said you meditated and did stuff like that. You know, when I watch films about Las Vegas and poker, I always see girls and money and stuff. <laughs> did you ever do something like that? Never um, read or never heard you talking about it. Partying? Yeah. Um, or going to, I don't know, secret poker games where you play against millionaires because they want to play against the most famous people or... Um, I played in a very private and, and high-profile game twice. So where it's really about millions and and very big private games. So it's not a... I never really... It's really hard to get in. Obviously, a lot of people try and um, unless you know someone or someone likes you and invites you, it's just not a thing that happens. So um, I didn't chase that. It wasn't... Because oftentimes the dynamics in these games aren't aren't great because you can imagine like... Not everyone is super excited to just lose money and give it away. So uh, being as a pro and obviously the winner in the game and that game, it's, it always comes with other stuff. Mm, I did party, but mostly to... We actually did party and I had, um, it was quite excessive too. I'm not a big drug guy, um, so that part wasn't, wasn't very extensive. Um, but it was mostly for me an experience where I did it. So two, three days in Vegas, renting a house, inviting lots of people and just four days of going to the club and like being drunk every day. But it was mostly reminding me that that's not my world. That's not my place. And I don't like, I, I felt drained. I was after these times, I was just, I want to go home and I want to not do that for the next 12 months. And Now I feel it's it's just been exactly that experience where I've done that. I've done it again at some point 12 months later because I felt, oh, now how was that? And let me try it again. And now I've done it three or four times going super bonkers, hardcore partying somewhere. And every single time it was the same experience. So I think now it's um, getting longer cycles. So I'm not sure when the next time uh, will happen. Uh, let's change a bit from from this partying scene. What does security mean to you? Mm. I'm not very connected with what the idea of it or, or what I consider it. I, I think I'm generally pretty, in that sense, pretty free. I don't think in, in the money sense, I don't think about it so much. Obviously, I... Sometimes I can feel that this fear of loss is still, it's popping up, um, definitely popping up here and there. Mm. So so that part, that fear of loss is there. And then in terms of emotional security, I think from my childhood, I have, a, I, have I can still sense a belief that um, humans are rather not to be trusted. Um, so I've been hurt a lot of times and then, And that I'm realizing, especially over the last years, I'm kind of letting go. But there's, if it's the very vulnerable relationships, if it's romantic relationships or very close friendships, I can still feel that there, this very sensitive and sensible side of me comes out. And that's something I just never really had in poker. Like that, that was just being stone cold in all aspects and not sharing that. And I'm glad I'm experiencing that more now and, and discovering again and I think there's a very very soft side in me that I just haven't looked at in a long time so I'm happy to to and I'm trying to let that out more and that comes with a lot of uh, fear of, of being rejected or or left I think left alone is also uh, um, a part that that is very very big thought And when there's things that I really care for that they leave me in some sense, that's something where I actively, where I feel the most emotions around and I can feel I'm, I'm, I can't recognize myself and how I behave. And so, yeah, that, 
that's definitely the area where I get very emotional. It's interesting that uh, that somebody who earned more than 30 millions, for him it's this part, the most vulnerable part of being alone, left alone. I'm I'm not sure if it's surprising. I think you would see something very similar in lots of rich people. <laughs> Because in actuality, the money is... Why, why do people make a lot of money? Mostly it's because they're very, very much chasing something. I mean, I was clearly chasing something. And the only reason you amass that much is because there is apparently some meaning to it. And then the, I think the most obvious meaning is that when you have that, something happens. You're finally you're worthy, you're, you're relevant, you're loved. Um, and that never happens because you, it doesn't happen. Like you, you have more money, nothing of that happens. And then you need to make more because that's the only option. So I think there's only two ways, like either go down further that spiral and just chase more money or um, break out of it and, and disconnect that belief and say, hey, maybe actually it's not so connected. So, yeah, I think it's not surprising that people who have a lot of money um, are insecure in an, in an area to a very, very high degree. Was this the reason also why you, why you stopped playing poker some years ago? Like, and then I guess you restarted again this year when I saw how much online poker you played, but 2016 or something you stopped? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the reason was exactly that disparity between how much do I enjoy it and how much am I actually doing it? And I was sitting there and I had my most successful summer. I won almost $20 million and I was drained. I was exhausted. I was tired. I was at home. It was dark. Uh, I just didn't open uh, the windows and I was just, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. And I think it was very clear for me because I outperformed my expectations by a lot and yet I felt pretty bad. And then it was, hey, I, there will never be an outcome where I'll be super happy. And I think that's, that's when it clicked for me that I just need to do something else. You're now 27 years old and in a lot of interviews, people stress out on in which young age you made your money. Does it ever get on your nerves that they always stress out your age? And, and what does age actually mean to you? It doesn't go on my nerves, um, but I, I don't think about it the same way. I think also about age, I don't think about it that way. For me, it's more, I guess, more abstract when it's about experiences you made and, and more energy when there's people who are very young and have experienced a lot and people who are old and have experienced a lot and some who haven't experienced much and it's for me it's more about what's your level of consciousness what have you experienced how do you yeah how do you experience things now and that to me ages for me just a, a number um, so yeah, it doesn't, doesn't mean much to me. I also don't remember birthdays very well. And mm, I think that that shows. Um, I once came across this saying that you get only successful in things that you really love, but if you actually do something that you love and make it to a profession, you also lose something, um, What of these two sayings is more relevant to you, that you uh, turn something that you enjoy into your profession or, or does it then destroy it? Um, I, I, would go, I would go a step further and say, okay, what, is, what does profession even mean? That's, that's, I think, also an interesting part is work is something that doesn't really exist in my thinking. So when people ask, I never, I don't use the word too, as I have never said I go to work or I, I work. I do it just so other people understand. But, but for me, it's been, I do that. I, I play or I study or I learn or I do that. And it's, it's for me, going somewhere and talking to someone is not different than going somewhere and playing the piano. It's just another thing I'm doing. So I I wake up and I do a lot of stuff and then I go to sleep and then I wake up again. So I think that sense of work and profession mostly comes in is that we created an environment where we tie 
productivity and something you you do to um, your basic needs being fulfilled. So you have to produce something for someone else and therefore you get money and that is being used to cover your sh like cover shelter, pay for your pay for your rent, get food and uh, have a basic level of freedom. That to me is the it's it's not that I, I would think about how do you make this your profession? I, I would disconnect these two things. First of all, I would say do as many things as you can that you enjoy as much as possible. If you don't know what it is, don't worry. Just try out stuff and explore. And I think a large part of your life can be exploration. Um, and then the other part for me is we are yes, we are where we are right now. And make sure that you can fulfill your basic needs. And these are two very much, in thinking, two very much separate things. Optimally, I think it would be best if as a society we would just make sure that everyone's basic needs are covered without like forcing them to do something in return. Because I believe people would want to contribute anyway. Mm, but we are where we are. And so that's what it is. And so, yes, I would suggest that you'd make money with the stuff you really like because most of the time it's almost always possible. Um, because if you really like something, you continue doing it, you will find means to make money with it. And I think that's the, the, path, the path of least, uh, least energy loss uh, to be able to fulfill both. As you talked so much already about um, your life in poker, what is the main thing for you that you learned? Poof. I don't know. Mm. I think on an abstract level, or for me very personally, it's this emotional growth around my value not being tied to these core beliefs that I've experienced over and over in my childhood. Mm what other people think of me in that context. So how successful I am and, and how much money I have. I think that was really one of the main game changers for me personally. So just a level of independence through that experience to say, hey, okay, you can believe that. I respect that and I, I take that in, but it's not, uh, I don't let myself, um, I don't suppress myself. I don't force myself because of that. And I think that's probably the biggest thing for me to take away from, from that whole experience. Um, something that I didn't know about poker is that um, you're not a single player, but you played in a community. And once in an interview, you said, I do better when others do better. My well-being is equal to the well-being of others. Was this also the idea why you became an entrepreneur and you designed things for others like this app that you designed for kids to learn English? Like, is this your, your give back to the community? I, I have a hard time with this whole idea of um, giving back and, and charity. And I, I don't feel that it's a cycle. And I do because I feel it's not a cycle to earn something for yourself and then give back. I don't think, at least, I don't think that's how it should be. I don't think you should hoard and then be charitable and give away of that. I, I think I personally can say that I enjoy things the most when I feel that they have an impact, that are changing things to the better. Because I believe at the core, I, I'm driven by survival. And that's a, I don't mean that in a bad thing. I, I think that's a good thing is that we have, that we live a good and healthy life and that everything, and, and that's the part also of what do I consider what should survive. And so I believe that everything is connected and that it's not, oh, it's my tribe and their tribe and our survival at their costs. No, I think all of that is connected. So I, I care about, um, First of all, I don't think there should be tribes like countries and, and all these dynamics of polarization. I think they're pretty detrimental to to 
yeah, or, or there's a lot of potential. Let me, let me rephrase it like that. I think there's a lot of potential for us to do much greater things and, and live way better lives if we just think more in that context of that will do me good. Not now, not in a month, but in the long term, for sure. Whether it's about environment or, or people living in other countries and other places or how we organize society, like all, all these things, I think it's so important to take and to understand that there's lots of things we cannot take into consideration, but to not repeat, uh, repeatedly do things where we're certain that they're detrimental. That, that's more a thing as we know that um, the things we do regarding the environment are bad for us. Like it's just very, very simply spoken. It's just has a negative effect on us. And yet still there's so many environments and, and processes that, um, that yeah, are still in that term, in that same level of thinking. And so, yeah, I, I kind of lost uh, the train of thought there, but this topic I'm really passionate about in, in all kinds of contexts. Mm. So yeah, I'll stop. I'll stop here. And I think it's very honest that you said that actually it's survival uh, that like pushes you forward because this is what, what we see all the time, like fear and what we experience now, this is pure survival. And what we always say is like, we do it for the better of the community, but I have so many examples every day that this <laughs> is not the case. Anyhow, there there is one thing that they say when you, when you Google... Um, poker there is the saying that there is no not a matter of holding good cards but sometimes playing a poor hand as well and besides poker how do you bluff in life i try not to what does it mean you try not to i like I, do you use the techniques that you learned in other situations yeah I, I, exactly how i said it i try not to i try not to deceive because poker is a lot about deception it's at the core it's about making sure that you're that you don't give information to your opponent and i just don't think that's a good equilibrium i don't think that's a good i want to give my opponent as much information as i can and there shouldn't be an opponent so the design itself i think isn't referable to life and so that's what i meant by i think poker came out of a thought where it is about winning against each other and you have to win from someone else and i and i don't think i don't see life that way i think it's more connected more together and so yeah i don't want to use the same techniques because i want to give you all the information i have available so that you can excel so that i can excel that's that's how i see it and to to your question before um yes community is a huge factor for me. I wouldn't have been remotely as successful as I was without the people around me. Yeah, we should be all more connected. Yeah. That's what you said. Um, in the beginning of the interview, you um, you talked about you as a little boy and, and how curious you were. And in, in this playing poker, there's the word play. How much is play still important in your life? Oh, I love playing. I do love every every opportunity, almost every opportunity. There is certain environments or attributes that I like more. So when people take it serious, that's important to me is that I, I don't... Fun is important also. But for me, playing has a big part of thinking and strategy and this um, solving. And I, I also want to let that go, to be honest. So now I'm learning more to play for fun. But there's something about coming into a new environment, adapting, understanding, and solving it that I just really, really enjoy. And that's why I still play lots of games with friends, play computer games, play chess, play poker. I, I, just, I just like these type of games. I have my last three questions now. Mm -hmm. uh, first one, what is your biggest fear? Yeah, I think what I mentioned before around um, being rejected or left alone is the most deeply rooted or prominent and what I feel the most anxiety around. 
um it's not very superficial it just but when it when i experience it it, it yeah it's it's uh almost bursting me so it's it's definitely very very intense It's interesting because Sami Molchio I interviewed for my first podcast, he said his biggest fear is not to be understood, not to be seen. Mm. And I think this is the same like rejection if somebody yeah, yeah. ignores you. I, these were actual memories as a child that, that are exactly that. Is I try to explain something and, and nobody understands it. Mm. It's how I see something or how I experience something. And it's not only not understanding, but it's a form of rejection when nobody can ever understand in that sense what someone else like you just say words and but it's this feeling of i don't understand and so it doesn't exist exactly. it's ignored yeah. yeah i i know that feeling um second question what are you currently doing that you still don't know how it will turn out oh, most of it <laughs> almost all of it um yeah I, I can almost leave it with that. But the the thing where I have, I'm most convinced about or, or have the strongest nudge about, but where I have actually no idea how it's going to turn out is uh, I'm looking for a physical location in Vienna and a pretty big one. So a house optimally. And I have no idea about what's going to happen. I've been working on this project for a couple of years now. And yeah, I, I really, I, I just want to bring together people and I know emotionally how it should feel, but I have no idea how it's going to look in the end. So that's, yeah, let's see. And the third one is actually not a question, but <laughs> I have this book here. And since quite a long time, I write my most famous uh, favorite quote, not my quotes. It would be nice if it would be my quotes, but my most uh, favorable quotes in there and I would just flip through the pages and you say randomly stop at any page and then you just comment on the mm -hmm. on the quote okay, okay. so stop. do you want to go left or right? Yeah, we go to, the right to the right just imagine becoming the way you used to be as a very young child before you understood the meaning of any world Before opinions took over your mind, the real you is loving, joyful and free. The real you is just like a flower, just like the wind, just like the ocean, just like the sun. Yeah, I'm tearing up. <laughs> It's, it couldn't have picked a better quote, I guess. I don't, uh, don't even have something to say on that. I think it just ties really nicely into what we've been talking about. Thank you very much. If you like this podcast, please follow me on Facebook at Podcast Into The Unknown or on Instagram into underscore the underscore unknown underscore podcast. You can listen to this podcast on www.intotheunknown.at, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you have an idea for an interview partner or just want to leave me some feedback, please don't hesitate to contact me on Instagram or send me an email on office at intotheunknown.at.